This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 132. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week, I met up with chef, author and restaurateur Marta Morales to talk about Peruvian food. We discuss the Picanteras, the incredible women chefs of the Andes. We try some unique Peruvian bakes from Martin's new Andina Bakery in Notting Hill. And he tells us some quirky ways to use Peru's most famous export, quinoa. Okay, so I'm here in Casita Andina today in Great Windmill Street in London with Marta Morales, who is chef, author and owner of several restaurants, including Ceviche in Soho and Old Street, Andina and Casita Andina in Notting Hill and Shoreditch, Andina Bakery, which is now in um, that's Westbourne Grove. Is that right? Yeah. Phew, got all that right. <laughs> you're a very, very busy man. Um, and we're here ultimately to talk about um, Peruvian baking because that's what Andina Bakery is all about. But I thought we might start by just trying to put it into some context about... Um, I met Martin at a a sort of launch at, at the bakery and we just started chatting about um, Andina and um, Peruvian cooking and it's just such a fascinating subject and I knew nothing about it and you educated me quite a lot that night so I thought if we could like go over some things so Andina cuisine is basically food of the Andes yeah, Sorry. the food of the region of the Andes, which spans about seven countries, not yeah. just Peru, but certainly Bolivia and goes down to um, Argentina and Chile and goes north to Ecuador and Colombia. And um, it's a whole region. It's yeah. a whole region. My speciality is focused around Peru. That's my yeah. uh, land of 
birth and my connection comes from the fact that my grandmother and my mother were Andinas, which mean ladies from the Andes. Oh, okay. So, um, so, so, yeah, my connection comes from there. And it's, it's particularly unique because of the, the mountain range gives yeah. different habitats, different ecosystems, mm. microclimates where different ingredients are grown. But it's also particularly fascinating because there are traditions that have mm. come from... Uh, hundreds and sometimes thousands of years of of of, of ingredients, of techniques, uh, and even of dishes as well. Because we were um, saying that it's made the the Andes is made up of um, eleven regions. That's right, isn't it? And as you were saying, each one, because of where it is and because it's a mountain range, is completely unique for all those different reasons. So, in your book Andina, which I was having a look at today, I think you touch on each region and what the specialities are. Obviously, some things cross over as well, but they've got their own particular ways of cooking and specialities as well. Yeah, and each of those regions, those are just, just to clarify that those are the 11 regions in Peru. In Peru, yeah. And, um, and that's my focus uh, in our restaurants and, and in my cookbook, Andina. Yeah. Um, no one's really done that before, but uh, for the last few years I've been traveling back mm. to Peru where I used to live before, where I traveled to some of the regions when I was yeah. a kid or when <laughs> I was a teenager or through the years. But for the research of the book and to look for recipes for our restaurants yeah. and to take my chefs and my team there, I've been going to some of those different regions. And yeah. so it's been, it's been a real adventure and really exciting to be able to um, chronicle um, some new dishes, mm. some very, very old dishes. Yeah, thousands um, sort of, of years catalog old, them yeah. in a way for posterity. Yeah. And strangely, present them here in London, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and you're really drilling down into it, aren't you? Because, I mean, there's, there's like, the, the umbrella of South American cooking, which people think they've got, like, a handle on. But then you're talking about Peruvian Andean cooking, which is, which is pretty specific. Yeah, and, the, and as you said, some dishes in some of those regions cross over, but many don't. Yeah. You know, just in the region in the south of Peru called Arequipa, that is mainly a region that crosses into the Andes, but also goes actually into the coast. Okay. Um, but in the Andean part, there's, you know, I, I, I picked up a book and I met the author of a cookbook mm. that claims to have, you know, put together a thousand recipes, <laughs> you know, just in that one region wow. out of the 11 <laughs> in the Andes of Peru. Yeah. Now, those those thousand recipes don't cross over into all the regions. Just, no. Just, you know, but... And we, you know, many, many, many people, even in Lima, don't know, mm. don't know, ninety nine percent of these recipes. Yeah. And that's where you just regionally they know about okay. that. You grew um, up in Lima, is that right? I grew yeah. up in Lima. Yeah, my my mother and my grandmother were from the north. Yeah. Uh, in a village in the Andes called Cachicadan near Santiago de Chuco. Okay. In the in the the region known as La Libertad, which means the freedom. Yeah, there's a funny story in your book where you talk about getting a bus ride to see your granny, which it sounds horrific. It's it's sort of how is it like ten hours on the bus and then you have to get off and get on another one and yeah. broken windows and basically there's just a board with a bit of cloth over it to sit on for ten hours. I yeah, mean. and dusty tracks. You come out, you know, <laughs> just absolutely caked in dust. But you know the the joy of those journeys yeah. that I had as a child besides the fact that you know it was a a bumpiest ride it was in yeah. in um 
you know, in, in roads, in mountain roads with precipices that, that are just, wow. you know, hundreds of metres down below where we could see old buses that, that had toppled over. <laughs> that hadn't made it. Where, you know, you, you blink and you see a little cross by the road oh, and you God. think, what's that? And then you see another little cross and then you see another one and then every sort of 100 metres is a little cross. Oh, that's where someone had passed away. Oh, <laughs> that's how dangerous these roads are. And these journeys seem to go on forever. But the joy of those yeah. journeys was... You know, was 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 the the pit stop that we made yeah. at some small family-run restaurant in yeah. the middle of the Andes that served the most delicious soup or stew, yeah, and which just nourished us and warmed us up and um, you know gave us some hope. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about them because um, they're called? Um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Martin. Sorry, picanteras, picanteras, and they're they're really unique in that they mostly always run by women is that true yeah so these family run restaurants are called picanterias picanterias right and and the picanteras are picanteras the, are the, the women chefs yeah, who women run chefs. them women cooks who run them yeah and so yes i mean as a result of you know of trying to create a business for themselves the yeah. husbands working on the fields and being farmers because mm. it's you know it's all agriculture in the andes apart from a little tiniest bit of tourism tiniest of bit of adventure sports nowadays yeah. and a few <laughs> other things you know it's mainly agriculture so that's why that's what everyone lives on mm. um and these family-run restaurants are for travellers, for workers, for others. Um, They're quite very democratic. It's just anyone and everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You might be sitting there and there might be the local Lord Mayor or the local or, 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 or <laughs> people building by the roadside yeah. or or people travelling to, to a village or, or, or a tourist. Um, as long as the food's good, they're going to turn yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. And there's, there's intense competition. Yeah. So the food's <laughs> got to be good. And uh, the beauty is that, you know, they have recipes that are traditional that mm. sometimes are passed down from mother to daughter, mm. mother to daughter, grandmother to daughter, etc. Yeah. So many of the best uh, picanterias that I know of have been around for 120 years, 150 wow. years sometimes, and they're fourth, fifth generation. So they're properly family yeah, passed down. Yeah, that's right. And the, and the other beauty that, that also has always inspired me and the reason why I've enjoyed the food and enjoy mm. going there is the ethos behind these, which is... Which is very natural, which yeah. is very human, which is very going back to basics, very analog and not studious in a way. Yeah. It is soul food, but it's made, th these are ingredients and dishes that mm. are made. That, that are made with local ingredients yeah. by local people mm. with local traditions. Um, dishes that are made with ingredients that are organic yeah. they are nose to tail they're farm to table they're zero waste because they need to use everything because they need to do yeah. it it's not some fashion or some hipster kind of thing it's no. just that's what we do in those restaurants yeah. in the andes and have done for hundreds of years so and the, and if you want to know how to how to really use every piece of 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 the bone or the animal yeah and how to make the most of it mm. or of the most beautiful aubergine or cucumber or mm. whatever it might be, go to one of these picanterias and you'll see the way we compost, the mm. way we use preserving, preserve our meat and preserve our ingredients as well, the different techniques that exist. Mm. It's really fascinating. It's very different. There is fermentation, there is pickling, there is... Um, salting, there is freeze drying, yeah. but there's other ways as well. Yeah, and they're typically quite um, 
you know, basic in their cooking equipment, as in a, it's mostly done over wood fire, so no kind of fancy... Absolutely, and many don't have... They've got running water, yeah. and that's what you need for hygiene. Yeah. They've got heat because they've got fire. Yeah. Um, but most of these are mainly open for lunch yeah. only. Um, dinner is a light meal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no food blenders. Yeah. So everything is done, in terms of blending, mm. everything is done on the batan, which is like a big grinding stone. It's like mm. a stone the size of your arm. Oh, yeah, I was reading about that, yeah. Um, that you kind of swing left and right on top of the ingredient to crush oh, it. Wow. And by doing it in that way, yeah. it just... Um, you know, the juices and the oils of whatever ingredient you have just kind of come out naturally mm, nice. and a little bit more sensitively yeah, towards yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it blends more beautifully with the next ingredient. Yeah. Yes, it's timely. Yes, it takes a bit of effort. And yes, the best picanteras have the biggest, strongest yeah. arms. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I don't know. For some reason, the ingredients taste the same. And in some of these picanteria restaurants that yeah. I've been to, the same grindstone has been there for a hundred years. So that in itself has got all of those. And it's like, oh my God. And it's beautifully hygienic, it's yeah. beautifully clean and lovely, but, you know, the taste and the flavours they get is, is quite unique. And the chefs are kind of known for their use of seasoning, aren't they? That's part of their skill is that they, that they know how to, like, put things together and they know how to season things really well and that's what gets people coming back and back to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, we as, you know trained chefs and you know in our fancy yeah. restaurants in Europe and the West we we you know we talk about umami and yeah, all this yeah, yeah. kind of stuff but you know as I said there is the, the Peruvian palate is very sophisticated mm-hmm. and you know whatever place you've come from whatever race you are whatever you know uh, place you are in the social ladder or whatever yeah Peruvians are highly, highly critical. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to be a great cook and a great chef. And yeah. so Peruvian cooks and picanteras in particular mm. are known for their seasoning. Yeah. We call it sazón. Sazón. And it's the final touch of how you put the ingredients together. Oh, really? The depth of flavor. Yeah. And all of that, you can say it's umami, you can say it's seasoning, but all of that creates a real balance in flavor, real intensity in flavor, and from all the different variety mm. of dishes, of course, the variety and flavor and colors, which, which is why people come to our restaurants in yeah. London, because they love all of that. It's very, it's quite sophisticated in the end, something that you would think is country cooking, but actually it's, it's very kind of layers and layers of flavor and skill. S- strangely, it's very simple. Yeah. Uh, but it, but, but with, the, with the over-complexification that we've got used yeah. to, it's kind of, you know, it's rewriting the script and almost yeah. going back to basics. Um, and my starting point, yes, we are creative in our restaurants in yeah. London. And yes, many people are creative, but we're also trying to sort of sort of represent tradition mm. so, that, so that that can breathe and that can carry on. And also because some of these dishes are, have been known for tens and hundreds of years... Yeah. And they've already been hit and they've already been loved by millions of people. Yeah. So it's like, gosh, you know, we owe it to our London customers to, to kind of them serve the right them thing, and yeah. just to show them that, wow, if, yeah. if other people think they're yummy, they're going to love it. We, and we know that there's confidence in that. Yeah. So, they, so in the picanterias, they serve, um, there's typical things they serve, don't they? So the, it, picantes is stew, which is 
very typical. Obviously, all kinds of different stew, all kinds of different meats, and think what what would be this kind of thing that you would get in there? Yeah, any types of meats, any types of fish, mostly meats, but also vegetarian dishes. Yeah. You know, we use uh, pumpkin a lot, we use aubergine a lot, we use uh, artichokes a lot. Yeah, um, uh, we use different types of chilies a, a lot, yeah. and not just the spicy chilies. Sometimes so like smoked chilies ones, and. Yeah. Um, we use onions and carrots and, um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, they're slow cooked. Um, there's an intensity of flavor that comes from that. Mm. Um, and we use a lot of offal. Yeah. You know, as well as the, the other pieces of meat, but yeah, we use a lot of offal. Famous pig's pig's feet stew, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah, quite... yeah. Well actually actually that dish is in a different category okay. called a sarsa. Oh, okay. Which is a sarsa. So we have the picantes, we have the sarsas, um, and the sarsas are more um, more like a cold salad. Oh, but okay. but they're sort of some of the ingredients have already been slow cooked and then picked out and, and then, then added to the salad it's almost like a pickling like yeah. an escabeche or a ceviche nice. type of treatment on them cool so again it, it, it's quite unique mm. got quite a kind of nice you know different flavour to them so what brought you to um, open a a Peruvian bakery because that's that's quite in your nicheness. That's quite niche again, isn't it? It's, yeah, um, I guess. Well, we've you know, as chefs in our restaurants in yeah. London, we have always been traveling and enjoying, enjoying uh, discovering new dishes, and mm. we're always coming across different pastries and different types of breads along our travels in yeah. the Andes and in the coast, um, and in the and the Amazon, uh, as a matter of fact. And we just thought this is really underrepresented. Yeah. Even in Peru, it's underrepresented, and it just really stays sort of regional. Okay. Um, and we think there's something special to talk about. Yeah. So that's why we've we thought we'd do that to bring something really mm. unique and different to London. Yeah. Um, and match that with things that people might already know here as well. Of course. I mean. We haven't got one. We've got some to talk about today. The one we haven't got in front of us is the empanada, which is probably the most famous because that goes right the way through South America, doesn't it? It does and it doesn't. Every country, you know, the, an empanada, I mean, you could say the Cornish pasty is an empanada, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks so, um, like a mini version. <laughs> yeah, and, you, you know, you've got your Jamaican yeah. patties that are yeah, unique yeah, and you've got maybe calzone in yeah. Italy, etc. Um, it's all different. It's all got twists. But, yeah, in Peru, our, our Peruvian empanada is quite unique. Mm. Um, th- there are different varieties, by the way, as well, different fillings. Uh, but, uh, but essentially, it's like a short crust pastry yeah. with, um, with a sort of beef and onion and mince. And we, but we, we sort of we like to mix sometimes in our dishes, which I think is really amazing. Mm. We like to, to mix warm and cold. We like to mix sweet and savory. Okay. We like to mix um, sort of uh, sour and acidic and, you know, and all kinds of things. So within the minced beef and the stewed sort of beef uh, that's minced, we also have raisins in there. We have a little bit oh, of cinnamon. Okay, yeah. We have a bit of cloves. And then we have some um, chopped up boiled egg to give okay. that protein as well. And then we have some also have some some black olive, but just little bits. Yeah. And then the short crust pastry is baked around that. Mm. 
and then uh, sprinkled on top is icing sugar. Yeah, I read that. With a squeeze of lime. Yeah. Which is quite unique, quite different. <laughs> You'd think, gosh, that sounds a bit weird. But if you eat all that together, together yeah. it just, it, the combination of those flavors should not make sense. But like everything in Peru, it just beautifully mm. comes together right at the end. So the sweet, salty thing's quite specific to Peru as well, that kind of using the sweet salt. Well, I think, I think so many countries have yeah. certain dishes or little, little, do, yeah. little treats yeah. that, that are a bit like that. But yeah. that's that empanada really is quite unique in that way. And you see it and you think, God, that's great. What's that dusted white yeah. stuff? And it's like, oh, it's icing sugar. What? Really? So with, with And it's pa- just yummy. Would you use butter in the pastry would you use yeah. some kind of lard or butter oh, well i think traditionally probably some some lard but but yeah, yeah we use butter yeah cool all right well let's talk about what else we've got in front of us because they're all very exciting what should we start with well we've got uh, a really nice savory artichoke yeah. pie just a little mini artichoke pie in peru we make these really big artichoke pies as, as one featured in yeah, my cookbook I, and I, I tried that one at the bakery and it looks a bit like um it does. It's a similar shape to a Scotch pie. If you come across a mm-hmm. Scotch pie, which is kind of a flat, round pie yes. from Scotland, yeah. But obviously, this has got a um, um, savory, savory um, filling. But Scotch pies have got mince, but this is vegetarian filling. Yeah. So, like. so it's artichoke and chard, and in the region of Huancayo, which is in the middle of the Andes, mm-hmm. um, really, really fascinating place for gastronomy as well yeah um there is there's there's fields and fields of artichokes and artichoke pie is a real traditional dish there yeah as and i think as i mentioned in my cookbook there's a beautiful beautiful recipe and we wanted to represent that in a smaller version Mm. so people can take it home instead of carrying a a big slice that kind of falls apart you've got like a little round full little mini pie yeah and yeah. I think the filling is so you make a kind of bechamel and then set it with eggs. Is that similar? Because that's the one in your book you do. Yeah. Is that similar yeah, yeah, to yeah. this it's recipe? Got, it's, it's got yeah, exactly. So you get exactly. it's quite solid when it's, um, it's quite solid, but a little bit creamy yeah. as well when it's warmed up. Lovely. And what kind of pastry has that got on it as well? It's also sort of different types of short crust pastry, right? With uh, but what we use actually, we use a base that's slightly sweeter. Yeah. So you have a little sweeter base, and ah, then we put the so topping again, that's the sweet, sort of more savory. savory. Thing. Yeah. Across. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. a that's little hidden secret. Nice. And then <laughs> this is the alfajores. Yeah, alfajores, which are which there's there's different versions in Chile and Argentina mm. as well. But we make ours with dulce, with um, we call it manjar blanco. In other places, okay. they call it dulce de leche. Dulce de leche, which yeah. is. Uh, it's which like, is milk that's been cooked and cooked and cooked until it turns to caramel. That's it, right? Yeah. Like a cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very uh, guilty pleasure, shall we say. Yeah, so it's like a sandwiched biscuit. Yeah. And the biscuit's made from, um, is it corn, corn flour that's in there? Um, no, this is, no, I don't think so. It's, and it's more sh- shortbread. Shortbread, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so is it rice? Um, do you know which kind of flour is used in it? It's quite crumbly, isn't it? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think <laughs> it's just normal, plain, plain flour. Mm. It's so melt in the mouth, though. Mm. And what's the little design on top? We've got a little ice and sugar kind of Aztec design. No, 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 there's Inca. <laughs> Inca, sorry. Aztec is 7,000 miles away in oh, Mexico. God. If you knew how bad my geography was, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a symbol of, of the Incas. Oh, okay. And uh, we use that as a as a logo for, for our restaurants and... Um, mm. 
it talks about the different three stages of life and okay um and so we just yeah we 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 we, we, we dust a bit of icing sugar to, to put it on there <clears throat> sorry incas that's all right um and then we've got you said this isn't traditionally um peruvian but it's kind of a twist on the portuguese custard tart yeah just right here on the left hand side is um is a little tart that is it's a bit like the custard tart the pastel de nata that people have yeah. when they go to lisbon that's so mm. yummy but as a twist, we, you know, this is what we do at our restaurant sometimes. Mm. We have sort of half of our menus are traditional, half are either twists on classics or, or new creations based mm. on Peruvian ingredients. But this, one's, this one is a twist on the classic pastel de nata, okay. custard tart from Lisbon. But, um, but we've got lucuma instead. So it's called a pastel de lucuma. Oh, okay. Lucuma is an Andean fruit. Mm. That's high nutrients. Um, it's like a sort of. It's got quite like an orange flesh yeah, and a green outside. Flesh. It looks kind of like a orange avocado. It doesn't look like an avocado, but it's got a massive stone in it, which is quite yes, similar to right. an avocado. Yeah, yeah, that's when right. When you cut it open, it's quite. The flesh is quite dry. I read. Yeah. I've never tasted one on its own, but it said it's like a cross between sweet potato and maple. And then someone else said it was like butterscotch. So yeah, those are both I, quite lovely flavours. So I, I like to think it's more... Well, it's much drier than a sweet potato. Mm, yeah. It looks like a sweet potato, but it's really dry. It's not that pleasant to eat on its own. Oh, so you have to cook it to get something but out it's, of it. it's much better if you make a puree out of it, uh, not okay. even cook it, but oh, just really? make a puree out of it and, oh. and make ice cream or make it into like a custard or... Or even make a puree and eat it savoury. Yeah. You know, in Andina, in Shoreditch, one of our restaurants, we serve it with um, octopus. Okay. Um, and some, and a sort of a, an onion and tomato pickle. Nice. And we uh, pour over some burnt sugar. Uh, sort of uh, gravy. It's uh, Wow, sauce. that sounds it's crazy. R- really amazing. Yeah, like a grilled yeah. octopus tentacle and uh and a puree of lucuma it's wonderful but anyway here yeah there's um there's also a little half half uh, uh a fisalis a cape gooseberry as well to oh, give yeah. it a little little twist as well a little kind of yeah uh, more acidic little ending note is that a thing that's used grown widely in um, yeah yeah Peru? it's well it's uh it's again it's i think i think it's an andean fruit in okay. general because you find them in colombia yeah, and yeah. in peru uh-huh, okay uh these little fisales cape gooseberries yeah, golden yeah. berries that, again they're very very nutritious um they're sort of as nutritious i'm told as, as blueberries and uh, yeah. again peru is a real big land of blueberries yeah. a lot of exports from i peru. didn't realize blueberries that come from peru. yeah um so so yeah well, that's um and people seem to like it yeah. so how do you get the look do you Import the lucuma over. Yeah, we bring it over in puree forms. Oh, okay. Um, Whole fruit doesn't really travel travel, very well because it's so yeah, it's so sensitive. It's not got the hard skin the avocado's got, or the or even the flexible skin that the mango has got, and it looks a bit like either of those. Yeah. Um, And certainly doesn't freeze well, so it it crumbles. It's a very very thin, delicate skin. Okay. So it bruises and ages really quickly. So it's easier to prepare it and then import it. Easy to prepare it. it, extract it, and then freeze it. And Ooh. so we bring it in pureed, frozen form. Cool. Um, but you can find it also in local health food shops in powdered form. Oh, really? Yeah. That's oh, how most people have it here oh, in this country. And that, that is widely, ava- wi- widely yeah. available. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, lucuma powder is used a lot in milkshakes and in smoothies. 
Uh, I'm sure you know everyone listening here has probably many people have listened to him have probably used it in some way or yeah. form. I've never but, come across it before. Right? Seriously? No, no, no. Well, a lot <laughs> of people know, haven't. Just, maybe I just uh, maybe just passed me by. But I did read. You know, it's been called a super fruit because it's got so many different yeah. properties that you know. So uh, many people haven't heard of it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many these days. I know. But, and it's wonderful that we're discovering them. And again, one of the reasons why I, I wanted to focus on this area is. Yes, because I know about it because it's part of my personal yeah. heritage, but because there are so many nutritious ingredients that come yeah. from this area, from lucuma to maca to amaranth to quinoa yeah. to different types of chili, different types of corn, different types of uh, fruit. Mm. So, so it's, yeah, it's crazy that things like amaranth and quinoa, are, you know, became so trendy and so kind of desirable, like the new grains and stuff. But um, you've been using them for years and years and now it's yeah, like suddenly like years, you know yeah. people are starting to put them in recipes and i think there was a big shortage of quinoa at one point wasn't there because it became so yeah. it's high protein so now, everyone was on it now there's an overproduction oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah falling out of fashion now everybody's so... growing it everywhere yeah. in peru <laughs> and they, the rest of the world like, hopping on that quinoa bandwagon <laughs> it is good i mean it's how would you cook how do you cook quinoa i mean oh, there's many many ways really got, I, could, your... I could do many cookbooks on it could you? <laughs> yeah because you can it's so versatile you can use it as um you know, to 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 kind of put around a burger to make it more crunchy. Oh, you could you could use it as a you know to do your tempura and to make quinoa pop. You could oh yeah, you of make course, because it, it does pop. I've done yeah. puffed. I did a recipe for puff. Someone was asking for it, and we did one where you put it in a pan and kind yeah. of puff it, and it's fascinating. And then um, you know we make cereal out of it. You know we can oh. you do a porridge from it. You make a drink from it as well. It's very popular yeah. in the mornings. You see little carts outside you know, street corners yeah. all over Peru with with like a quinoa drink, yeah. which has got maybe almond milk or soya milk or cow's milk and quinoa boiled up or even just water wow. and some uh, some some pineapple, some apple and some cinnamon and that heated up instead of instead of a cup of tea, you know? And that's like a super high protein, yeah. healthy drink Yeah, for sometimes you with morning. a bit of linseed as well to thicken yeah. it up, which has also You're, got its own nutrients. You guys are all over it in Peru, aren't you? Yeah, that health yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. it's like... And then there's quinoa, sort of, there's a, there's a great recipe in my mm. cookbook. Uh, it's like a... It's like quinoa with um, with with cheese and 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 a bit of milk. It's mm. like a it's like, like a macaroni a cheese, but oh, instead wow. of that's having sounds... pasta, which yeah. well, sounds like pretty my... good for you, but not as good as quinoa. <laughs> quinoa is the ultimate protein. It's yeah. it's really really healthy. Oh. So so we've got so yeah, great dishes eat, with it. Eat more quinoa, people. people Peru is <laughs> Peru is providing well, it. Oh, quinoa, amaranth. There's some great great ingredients there yeah. for everyone. And this la- this last one we're looking at, which looks like a giant chocolate biscuit. Yeah, it's actually essentially it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's called a do- dona dona pepper. Doña pepper, yeah. Do- so doña, doña pepper Pepa was this. Um, yeah. Doña pepper was a former slave in the times oh, of really? the colonial times, yeah. and she was very ill, and she had an apparition from Christ, and she says she's going to um, <laughs> she's going to make a make an offering for for him for the for the lord of the miracles which is a famous <laughs> saint uh, and there's a procession very famous yeah. procession every year in october and she says she's going to make a special biscuit for for wow. for him and and she made this this biscuit which uh, which has got hundreds and thousands and it was so, so it's called initially it's called turron de doña pepa which is yeah. like a biscuit cake right um which has got influence from spain and north africa as well yeah but uh but then it was commercialized by a local you know 
Nestle type company. I in saw Peru. that when I was looking online today. And they say, so, yeah. Doña Pepper's biscuit. So you can buy it in a little yeah. packet with a little yeah. like cartoon on the front. Yeah. With... So as a kid, it's like this this biscuit that is full of hundreds and thousands. It's just a chocolate biscuit. It's yeah. really nice and it's got. Yeah, you know, colourful packaging was yeah. my favourite and, and everyone's favourite. I mean, kids love hundreds and thousands, so, don't they? Exactly. So and like... so we, we twisted that. Yeah. We went back to basics and we made a really nice, you know, homemade mm. chocolate chip cookie, basically, but yeah. with hundreds and thousands on top. Yeah. So it looks fun, tastes delicious, and it's, you know, it's better for you than the packet stuff. What are you finding um, that really flies out of the bakery? Like, what's what's the most popular bakes that people are coming in to buy? Uh, some of these, actually. Yeah. The, the pastel de nata, this people, Lucuma, pastel de lucuma. People love that, don't they? Yeah, the, the empanada that we talked about yeah. earlier on as well. People really like that. Um, You've got uh, sourdough flavoured with South American flavours as well, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got different, different types of breads uh, as well. Um, uh, and and I think we also have well, what people really like is that we've got a, a really small menu as well to eat right. at night. Yeah, we, yeah. We're also doing sort of tapas and wine yeah. in the evenings, and um, it's just the combination of that turning really into part bakery, part cafe, part sort of tapas, sort, sort of, of multitasking, yeah. bringing a bit of, and it's super cozy as well. So it's yeah. really nice to sit there with a glass of wine and yeah. a few little pastries and stuff. Um, where can people go online to find out about your restaurants, the books? So um, um, uh, people can go to cevichefamily.com, ceviche which is our sort of main Brilliant. website, okay. which has got details about all our restaurants. And you can find details about the art gallery within Ceviche Old Street there oh, as well. Nice. And about our little record label. We have yeah. a music company. Oh, wow. that, <laughs> it's not a great big company. We just release a record every couple of years, a compilation cool. of music from the Andes oh, or amazing. Peru. Just funky stuff yeah. that people can dance to at home that is, is a lot of fun. Um, a few of us used to work in the music industry before, and we so love you just got great dragged back in. <laughs> we love vinyl, and we love seven inches, yeah. and we're record collectors yeah. as well as chefs. And so, brilliant. So you can find out about that. But yeah, come to um, for, for the bakery. It's obviously in it's in Notting Hill, Westbourne Grove. Yeah, um, it's a really lovely little bakery, right? Uh, cafe right next to our restaurant, yeah. Andina. So you'll see it if you're if you come down to uh, 155 yeah. to 157 Westbourne yeah. Grove. Well, I think everyone should go. I highly recommend that um, artichoke and chard pie as well. It's delicious. But um, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today, Martin. Thank you. That was great. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can still pick up a copy of our bumper Christmas issue on the newsstand now or go download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat. <laughs>